coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. Bill, you have to realize, poor boy from public housing in Charleston, South Carolina, sitting there, London, high tea. That was that was that was special to me. That really woke her up, and, and she, you know her thing is that she wanted to. We want to leave a legacy. So how did so how does a a white woman come up against a white supremacist and change his life? She sits down and talks to him. It's common ground. They found their common ground. There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any the, black people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, not Bill? Not one. Come not on, Bill, one. you got to have one, a nope. token black person, a token And there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids, and I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Father God, we just come to you just saying thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for all the things that you've allowed us to experience. God, thank you for people of different races, creed, color, religions, God. God, the older we get, the more we understand that common ground and all those different arenas make such a beautiful tapestry. We thank you for giving us grace and mercy as we traveled to Europe and back. And other than a little hiccup here or a little hiccup there, God, it was just perfect. God, we just thank you for the ability to be exposed to different things and different people in different cultures. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. Amen. 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 Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, lift up today. Thank you for today. It's a beautiful fall day here in North Carolina with a clear blue sky and crisp weather. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the change of seasons. And uh, just like uh, there are seasons that come and go, there are seasons like that in our lives. And uh, where I'm at and where our listeners are at and where our guests are at, our different seasons, Lord. And we thank you for taking us through those seasons and coming out the other side refreshed and charged up again. Amen. Amen. So Bill, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. We haven't we haven't really spent any time together since since we got back from Europe because we're we're probably trying to catch up on our tons of emails and meetings and all that stuff. I still haven't caught up. I still got a couple hundred emails to get caught up on. <laughs> well, Bill, you know what people say, right? When you get ready to go on vacation, you work yourself to the bone. So it's almost like you work yourself to death before you go on vacation. And when you come back, you bury the body. You got so it. you work yourself to death before. <laughs> and then when you come back from vacation, that's when you bury the body. 
you yeah. know, speak to that, I had to um, comment today on a friend of mine's funeral. So it's just interesting when the wife calls and asks a question, hey, do you mind, because um, you hear such as person died, do you mind coming and speaking at the funeral, saying a few words? And it's always, of course, and then you have to put some thoughts together and you go and you see a friend or associate laying there in a casket and you're asked to say some words, not preach the funeral, but just say some words. So it's one of those things is so much easier to say words when you have a true understanding and someone really understand, like you stated earlier, that life is about a bunch of seasons. So that was just what my day this morning was, saying some words over a gentleman who I once knew and seeing his family there and knowing quite well that one day that will be me and hopefully my family will be there too. But also, Bill, on a lighter note, season's coming up. I came yesterday morning back from running to Panera Bread, getting my wife a bagel, and I saw a six-point small buck in my backyard. And I'm like, you know what? It must be getting close to deer season when you start seeing uh, six-point bucks in your backyard. And when we go deer hunting, I don't see any deer. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's 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 the norm for the course. You know, the uh, as soon as deer season starts, they seem to disappear and go nocturnal. Uh, and uh, it happens. You know, I, I drove I drove up to Richmond, Virginia, the week before last, and this past week or this week I went to Columbus, Ohio. And I got to tell you, I saw a lot of deer on the side of the road and there was one I didn't even see. He was in the middle of the medium and just walked mm. along and he decided to step in front of me and walk across the street. And uh, fortunately, I, you know, I, I didn't, I was far enough ahead. I didn't hit him, but I was thinking, holy cow, they're all over the place. And, uh, but you're right. Hey, I, I, I got a question. Um, the, uh, what's your most, most memorable experience from, from our trip? Uh, the most memorable experience for our trip to Europe was two different things. First, the high tea. I really enjoyed the high tea in London. Bill, you have to realize, poor boy from public housing in Charleston, South Carolina, sitting there, London, high tea. That was, that was, that was special to me. And secondly, going to the Bank of England and understanding how they finance slavery and everything else, that was interesting too, because a lot of what we think we know about slavery, we don't really understand the tentacles and how a lot of people got filthy rich and how countries got rich. So that's what I enjoy. What did you enjoy about it? What was your uh, highlight? Man, there was a lot of, a lot of highlights. I think I enjoyed, uh, Dory and I went down to the Seine River with some cheese and some prosciutto and some bread and a bottle of wine. And we just sat there on the edge of the river and watched the boats go by and the folks go by. And uh, that was really, really nice. You know, I'm, I'm not built for sitting on the ground. So uh, getting down is okay, but getting back up is always a challenge. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but that, that was one of my most memorable experiences. And then the other one was uh, the four of us just sitting at a cafe uh, the last night and having a nice meal outside. And uh, and just reflecting on the whole trip, uh, I think you and I probably, if we were to say what was the most enjoyable for us, I think watching the girls shop and enjoy that experience. Uh, oh yeah, that was That's just true. so much fun. And the fact that you guys had to go out and buy another fifty pound bag to bring back stuff, and you only bought a hat, 
Tells me. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> Bill, whether they're pounds, euros, or dollar bills, one thing I've learned about traveling international, women's shoe shopping is universal. So <laughs> even if you can't speak the language, they had a way of finding that. And it just worked out. But Bev had a great time. Um, I just had a good time. It was just nice. And Europe is nice. Uh, London was nice. Um, it's interesting. The prime minister, when we went over there, she was going in office. And now here it is. She's she out of office. Just yeah. like that. She's gone. You know? she, she, she didn't last much longer in her trip. Nah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I learned something. Dory taught me something about shoes when I was over there. Um, we were walking around. We were going to one of our favorite cafes for lunch and uh we passed a shoe store and she said oh that shoe store is very famous like the sneakers or pair of shoes you can't get less than a thousand dollars and i said wow and she says he's known for having red soles on the bottom of the shoes uh-huh so we were sitting having lunch at this cafe that we like you know it was it was fashion week and here comes a model and i'm checking out her shoes and sure enough, she had red soles on them. Well, Bill, what black people say, we call them red bottom, mm -hmm. red bottom shoes, just red bottom shoes. And that's red bottom shoes. I had no idea. So you know what I did? I came back with found a can of spray paint that was red and red painted all my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to leave that long. You know what? We have a special guest today. We sure do. Uh, Mr. James Rosa. And James is just a good guy. I'm going to let him um, share with the audience. But, you know, he's the president and founder of Rosa Foundations. And I've been knowing and watching this young man for a couple of years now in the community. And just do good work, Bill. You know, you find some people who, much like yourself, who just do good work and really don't toot their own horns. So at this time, Bill, we're going to ask James to join us. James, how are you doing, my friend? I am great. I'm great. Hope you guys are. Well, James, now we have an audience of all the states and a couple countries. Can you tell them what is, is the Rosa Foundation and how and why did you start it? All right. Well, again, my name is James Rosa Jr. I'm the executive director and co-founder uh, with my wife, Tevany Rosa, for Rosa Foundation. And and, and I always got to tell people, we say Rosa Foundation. We left the duh out of it. And, and my wife said, that's not that's not a proper way. I'm like, no, we're going to be different. We want to be a little different than everybody. So we just call it Rosa Foundation. And a little bit about the Rosa Foundation, we started back around 2018, um, and we were part of the community foundation, right? They were, were trying to do an endowment and the way we wanted to do things wasn't the way they were doing things, the way, you know, so we decided to start our own nonprofit. Um, I, I don't know if you remember the Gateway Garden program. Um, yeah. That's the first yeah. one that we actually did. Um, so our foundation is based on, I, I'm doing it in the memories of my father and my son. My son was a year and a half when he passed away. Uh, wow. My father was 30 years old when he passed away, you know, um, yeah. And my wife doing it in the memories of her mother. Um, so my wife had, and I get a little emotion when I talk about it, you know, back in, in, in 2017, like four months after we got married, 
she had to get a stent put in her in, in her artery because she had a blockage of 99% blockage. Holy cow. And and that really woke her up. And, and she, you know, her thing is that she wanted to, we wanted to leave a legacy. You know, I got I got six grandkids and one great grandson and and I want to leave a legacy, something positive for them to see that, you know, Papa did something good. Papa did, did, was a positive person. And, and hopefully one day they can drive down the street and see their name on a, on a building or something, you know. Um, so we love to help the community in any kind of way we can, whether it's through coat drives, food drives, scholarships, um, award ceremonies, um, whatever we can, wherever the community has needs helping we we try to provide that we, we try to give back you know james one of the things you stated i've ran i've started a nonprofit, ran nonprofits. bill started nonprofit, still runs a nonprofit. and you said something very interesting a lot of times the vision that one has for the nonprofit is not the vision that other entities have and when you were having a situation with the community foundation of greater greensboro and you said well you know what I want to do it a certain way. How did that feel doing it a certain way? It felt great. It felt great. It, it, that's all I, I really, it felt great to be able to do something different. And, and don't get me wrong, what they're doing is great. And I appreciate them starting us off. You know, I, I didn't have no issues with them. It's just that I wanted to do things a little different. You know, I, I wanted to be out in the community. I wanted to people let, you know, know who we are and, and what we can do to help. You know, um, so that's why we decided to do the nonprofit. You know, um, funny story real quick. You know, how, how everything originally started was that my wife asked me, hey, do you want to run for city council? And I said, you know what, let me take a look at it. Let me go to some meetings and see how things run. And, and after doing all of that, I said, mm, that's not something I want to do. I, I, I'm not a politician, you know what I'm saying? I'd I, I rather do this behind the scenes. I, I want to help people that way. And, and, and that's how we kind of started the foundation on from there. And, and we've been rocking and rolling. You know, it's interesting. People have asked Bill and myself to run for political office also. And <laughs> I think we both have turned it down, not for any other reason, but just that sometimes... Politics is not all as um, all is really presented to be. Now, I I jumped in there and co-host a TV show called Swing States, dealing with politics, and that's going fine. And you know, but Bill, what's your thoughts on this whole thing when you start talking about nonprofits versus uh, James's position that people wanted him to run for? will ask him to consider running for city council because Bill, people have asked you on numerous occasions to run for political offices and how do you manage it? And you do such a big job with your nonprofit. And before we ask James to share with us the big event he has going on, Bill, let's make sure you reiterate with the audience, the big event that we have going on also. Okay. The event we've got going on, James is going to be there with the table uh, is November 4th at GTCC, that's Guilford Technical Community College, uh, Friday, November 4th. You can get a Zoom in. Uh, and we, by the way, Odell, we got someone that gave us a donation. So the summit is free. It's free. Wow. Anyone that wants to come, Zoom in or attend. Uh, so if you want to you sign up, go to youthofnc.com, youthofnc.com, and uh, go ahead and sign up. And uh, it's uh, it's free, and we look forward to 
having folks there. We're getting close to a hundred uh, people uh, attending and uh, a couple hundred uh, zooming in. So for the first time, I consider that very successful uh, because um, the Atlanta council's done something, Boy Scout council's done something like this for eight years and they get 200 people to show up in a couple hundred. Wow. Days. So wow. Um, I, our director, Jim Allegato has done a great job uh, and we continue to get people interested. And I just got a call today from a lady in Texas that uh, wow. is debating if she's going to drive up for 17 hours or fly up. And, uh, and when I told her we had a zoom, she said, eh, I might zoom. So, uh, so we've got, we've got some people from Michigan coming down from Cleveland coming down. So it's South Carolina. So it's a big event. Now, <clears throat> now to answer your question, uh, my, I come from a, my great, my grandfather was a politician in Parma for 27 years as a councilman. And we used to go out and campaign for him. He had 66 grandkids and he put us all to work. During wow. the he had his own <laughs> workforce and it only cost him a bunch of ice cream. And uh, the way he would do it, he'd notice in his station wagon and we go down the street and we, we, he would put us at one end of the street and uh, we had to do three streets. The streets are pretty long. And we had to go and knock on every door. Now, we could not walk across the grass. We had to walk on the sidewalks, be very respectful. And if he caught us walking on the grass, he, oh, you didn't want grandpa mad at you. So uh, we'd go and knock on the door. And here's, you know, here's a 12-year-old and saying, hands you a flyer and says, will you vote for my grandpa? My gosh, that's just unfair. <laughs> unfair. So so uh, you did three streets and you got your ice cream. And uh so after 27 years, he retired. And uh, so I was around politicians all my life and uh, actually worked for a congressman in, as a, in a House of Representatives as administrative assistant, uh, legislative aide. And uh, so I, I've kind of got it in my blood. And, you know, it's it's when you get approached, it's it's very. Uh, uh, you, you feel good that someone's asking you. You feel proud that someone thinks you could do that job. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, then once you start really getting out of that emotional state and start using your brain, you go, <laughs> wait a minute, you know, I, can I do more good doing something else that I'm already involved in as opposed to trying to start up something new. So, um, so for me, that's why I stayed where I'm at with the scouts and now the youth of North Carolina and my businesses and, and a lot of other nonprofits would get involved in. So that long answer to a short question. Well, Bill, but now when you start thinking about ACEs and you didn't mention ACEs. However, one of the things that James is doing, you're doing, and I'm doing a lot of this work, one's not doing it for themselves. So Bill, talk a little bit about ACEs because that's important and resilience, please. Yeah, no. And James is doing the resilience part. So uh, he fits right into what we're doing at the summit. What we want to do is educate people on uh, adverse childhood experiences. And uh, in 2018, uh, Kaiser Permanente and the Center for Disease Control took 17,000 people and wanted to find out if there was a common denominator between incarceration, alcoholism, drug abuse, cancers, kidney infection, hypertension, any kind of major illness. And they found it. It was these adverse childhood experiences. 10 questions and uh, you can go online and look at our website, but simple questions, you know, did you come from a broken home? Did you come, did you have, a, were you uh, verbally abused, mm -hmm. sexually abused? Were you not given enough food? Did you not have enough shelter, enough clothes? You know, right. simple little things. And, uh, 
And if you answer yes to more four or more before you're seven or eight, you have a 95% chance of being incarcerated, alcoholism, drug abuse, or a major illness. And now the way you get around that is you make kids resilient. And that's what James, we're going to let him talk about that. That's what James is doing with many of the things that his foundation is. And in your, your case, Odell, with everything you went through, I asked you, how, how did you become resilient? And you said it was your mother. Your mother stepped in there and that, and it's very simple to make yourself resilient. Um, the, uh, you know, having someone in your life that is, uh, steps in and, and helps you through those rough spot. And, uh, and I'm going to, let's see here. So here's the possible outcomes of ACEs, lack of physical abilities, smoking, alcoholism, drug abuse, missed work, physical, and mental health, obesity, diabetes, depression, suicide thoughts, STDs, heart disease, cancer, stroke, COPD, and broken bones. You know, if you can make kids resilient, uh, they become better employees and, and have have more uh, contribution to society. Well, Bill, you know, Bill, Bill and James, um, everyone knows that Odell's lost a pound or two. So I just want to listen to the audience. I don't say it often. I'm down to close to losing 60 pounds now, which is encouraging for me, but also encouraging for some, some others too. So I just want to keep um, those who are keeping tabs um, to know. And, and I always say it's three categories of people, people who are nosy, people who are curious, and people who are desperate. Well, Odell was desperate on trying to get his health together. Now, Bill, one of the things that you being a leader, a national leader in the Scouts, the program that you've put together is amazing and the scouts jumping on board to say, because, you know, the scouts haven't had a good year in the last couple of years with a lot of the things that happened years ago, years ago. So let's let's <laughs> make sure we put that out there. But here's this great program that you're putting together. How's the scouts really jumping on board uh, supporting you with this? They're not. Uh, they don't want to be involved um, for a number of reasons. Uh, but we've got some people that heard about it through their network and they're going to come. We've got people from out of state coming that were scouts or scouters now. Uh, so disappointing. Um, and uh, I wish they would have stepped into space, but uh, uh, the local council decided not to do it. And uh, he took it up the ladder and national came down and basically said, uh, no, we don't want you to uh, reach out to any of your scouting friends on this. So it's, that's, that's a, it's a difficult thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, we got the Girl Scouts in, we got the Boys and Girls Clubs in, we got the YMCA in, we got a lot of other youth groups. So we're getting, we're getting them some, getting them another way. Bill, do the Scouts understand that they have a image situation out here in the middle of this? Um, uh, how can I say it in a nice way? In the bankruptcy and the abuse cases and all this kind of stuff. And this, how positive that what you're doing is out there. Do they understand that? I think, I think they'll come around. I think they'll come around. I think uh, uh, they'll they'll see that, that there's a benefit for them and the youth they serve. Uh, so I'm going to respect what they said. We're going to put this first one one on and be successful, and then uh, I think I'll circle back around. One of the things that they they did say in their defense is part of the settlement they have to hire a national youth protection person reporting to the CEO of national. And they didn't want to start programs that until this person comes on, 
so they could be involved with them. And, and that certainly makes sense. Uh, so we hope to be out of bankruptcy by March of next year. So, uh, you know, if they hire that person sometime next year, then I'll go down to Dallas and meet them and say, here, this is something that, you know, we're doing and you're certainly welcome to replicate and we'll help you uh, do it uh, and just help them step in that space. So, you know, that's why, uh, even though I'm disappointed, they're not involved now that I see why they're wanting to wait. Uh, and, uh, you know, I have a different style. Mine is ready, aim and shoot. And maybe sometime it's not even aiming. And, uh, and, and, you know, I just get it done and move on to the next thing. So, uh, they're a little more cautious. Well, but you have the, the judge, superior court judge in the state of justice in the state of North Carolina, wanting you to do this all over the state of North Carolina and, why aren't you that person that the scouts are looking for nationally when you're already doing this and you've been a part of the scouts for what, 99 years now? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. A long time. Well, you're talking about chief justice of Supreme court, Paul Newby, distinguished. Right. He wants us to do this in six other cities in the state of North Carolina. So we'll, we'll see if we can raise the money to do that. And uh, uh, so he's interested in that. The uh, um, what they're looking for in that position at the scouts is somebody with a uh, PhD or worked in the community, like prevent child abuse, North Carolina, Sharon Hurst, who runs it. It'd be more of her level of person that's been in that community that uh, can, that has the connections. You know, I've got some connections that I developed over the last year, but I've, I'm not w that well connected. I haven't written any books or any articles about it. Uh, so uh, what I can do is become a support person to that person and be another okay. set of arms and legs and make them successful uh, for the kids, for the youth. It's all about the youth. I agree. And I'm coming to James now. But, you know, Bill, one of the things is one time is is something to talk a good game. However, the older I get, I'm more with people who know what they're doing. You know, and I'm an author. I write books. I get that. But a lot of people write books about things they've never been involved with. They write books about things they think they understand the theory, but you've been there on the grind. You know the culture of scouting. Mm -hmm. You know what you know now about the ACEs. You understand the politics associated with it. But I'll leave that alone because, because of your modesty, I will leave that alone. Now, James, Bill can afford to say, well, you know, I'll wait and everything else. However, when you made pull the trigger with the foundation, you couldn't wait. Because you had to get out there and do Rosa Foundation the way you know how to do it, not the way somebody else did it. Did you get any negative connotations or negative feedback from saying, guys, we're going to do something else. Thank you, but no thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I don't want to get into depth about it. Um, you know, that's in the past. I let it go. And, you know, I, I just keep moving forward. But, you know, in the beginning, we took a break and I kind of. When I took that break in the beginning, I think it was it was it wasn't a right move for me at the time. But, <clears throat> you know, when we came back up and we got on our feet and, and we made decisions to move forward, it, it's been I tell you guys and you, you guys can identify it is hard work to run a foundation. Amen. You know, Amen. especially when you try to get, you know, when people tell you, yeah, we'll help you or yeah, we'll support you or they'll say, hey. That's a good thing you got going, but nobody really wants to put the foot, their foot in it and, and help us and get through it. There are there have been a few people that's been helping us through the process. And, and you know, we're not going to stop. 
you know, um, some of the things that Bill was talking about, I can identify as a child myself. And, and that's part of the reasons why I do the foundation. You know, <clears throat> growing up in poverty, it, it, it wasn't no joke. You know, not being able to have a brand new coat. <clears throat> and the coats were given to me by somebody else. They were either broken or used, right? And today, you know, we give out coats to Title I schools, you know, from K to fifth grade. We give out brand new coats. And, and, and to see the smile on the child's face, that warms my heart. You know, like you said earlier, I don't do it for me. I, I do it because I can identify with the child. I can identify with that adult or with that teenager. So that's why I do what I do. And 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 then and then it's hard work and, and you know, there's nights that I don't sleep because I'm thinking about what's the next move? What am I gonna do next to help the community? And and you know, <laughs> My wife gets mad at me because she wants to sleep, and sometimes I'll wake her up to give her an idea, you know. But she supports me, and 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 that's a blessing to have someone in your camp to support you, and no matter what, and 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 get into the trenches with you. That is so like enlightening, you know. My wife is my backbone; like she is the backbone of this foundation. You know, I'm the face. I'm the one that goes out and speaks to people and, and do different things. But you know, Bill, you touch you touch something, and 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 I do it because I can identify. You know, I can identify with the youth, and I can identify. You know, going hungry. You know, not being able to have food, and or, or the last thing on my refrigerator at the end of the month is a box of, of of Rice Krispies, and you know, at that time I didn't like it because it didn't have no flavor to it, right? But I ate it, you know. Or we had a a, a, a bag of flour, and the other thing you can do is mix it with water and fry it. That you know, those were the that's what happened, you know. Especially after my father died, you know, it was just me and my mom's, and it was a struggle for us. But you know what? I maintained, I kept them moving, and, and here we are today, you know, giving back to the community what was freely given to us. You know, I, I've been down that road, Bill. I, you know, I I, I got, <clears throat> actually, in about three weeks, I'll have 28 years of recovery, wow. you know. Um, and it's been the best thing in my life, you know. Learning how to live life on life terms has allowed me to be able to do the foundation. You know, having gentlemen like you in my life to help me to push forward, just listening to you, that's what helps me to continue with the foundation. Because there are times that I want to give up. Like, I really want to give up, but I don't. I don't. I just keep it moving forward. Wow. That's that's phenomenal. Tell us what your foundation does. And One of them said coats and food. Tell us a little more details. Well, Rosa Foundation. And if people want to get in touch with you, how did, what's the website? Well, Rosa Foundation is, uh, uh, go to rosa-foundation.com. Once again, rosa-foundation.com. R-O-S-A? Yes, R-O-S-A-foundation.com. And they'll see the things that we have done in the community. You know, we give out. We started with uh, education on the Gateway Gardens, um, teaching the youth how to how to garden. And it was just more than teaching them how to garden. It's teaching them responsibility, teaching them how to work together as a team, you know, how to work together as individuals. And then we did a job health fair. And then we did, uh, you know, the pandemic, we had to sit down and decide if we was going to stop or we was going to move forward. And right before the pandemic hit, we was going to do a youth summit at the, at the Coliseum and we wasn't able to do it. So we had to pivot. 
And we decided that we was not going to let the, the the pandemic stop us from helping our community. And, and you know, we we fed we fed full line workers. We fed, fed people at the hospital. We gave out over 2000 face masks to Guilford County schools. Uh, we gave out um, over 200 boxes of groceries to our senior citizens. Um, we did our 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 first annual award ceremony. We did it right before the pandemic. We did it in person. But our second one, we did it. We did it in um, via Zoom uh, online, and it went well. You know, men making positive changes, and and you know that's. I want to talk about that quick, if y'all don't mind. Sure, sure. You know, the first thing I want to talk about is November fifth at uh, um, Wonderville Wonderville Rec Center and um, Greensboro six hundred one Dock Street. We are having our second um, health fair where people can come and get free health screening. They don't have to pay for anything. Um, especially in our community, and you know, in our black and brown communities, a lot of us don't go to the doctor. We're afraid to go to the doctor. We don't have the money. We don't have the coverage. Um, or we'll say maybe next week I'll go. And and by the time next week comes, they're having a heart attack, right? Because they didn't know they had an issue with their heart, or they or their obesity, or the diabetes. So we want them to come down and and get a health, free health screening. You know, there'll be some vendors there giving out some, you know, um, goodie bags and stuff. And that is from from nine to two. Um, and then on November 12th is uh, our third annual Men Making Positive Changes Award Ceremony. And our very old, Odell Cleaver will be getting an award. And his award is right here. Oh, wow. Uh, can't see it right now because of the, <laughs> the background. Yeah. And it's called uh, Trailblazer Award for Leadership and Excellence. And, and and we felt that 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 sits right with you because of what you have done in our community, and we thank you for what you've done in the community and things like that. And um, you know, and that will be at the Grandover um one um one thousand Club Road in Greensboro, North Carolina, and that will be from six to to ten. And we'll have um um former Justice Henry Fry, which will be getting an award. We have uh, Dr. Robert Howard that will be getting an award. And um, if y'all remember Run DMC, the group Run DMC, mm -hmm. um, yes. our very own DMC will be here um, to receive an award as well. And he will be performing at the event as well. And guess what? We are sold out. Oh, well, congratulations. congratulations. Once, 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 once we hear from Odell and by Friday, we'll be totally sold out. And, <laughs> and let me tell you, and I get emotional because... I didn't think that our that we would be sold out. Like it's a blessing. Like we worked hard to get this event up and going because it took us it took us two years to get the third annual because of the pandemic, right? Like in person, and um, here we are. We're about to make it happen. About to make it happen. Wow, that's congratulations. You know, uh, let me jump in for a quick minute, Bill. One and congratulate him also. How much? What's your seating capacity at the Grand Over? Well, um, it's and we we are gonna go um 130 people. Wow. Okay, and we are like I said, we are sold out. Uh, we can go more, but we, you know, I, again, it goes back to I'm not I'm not trying to be greedy. I, I I want it to be personal. Like like when I asked DMC when I told him that he was he was nominated for an award, I told him, hey, I'm not trying to sell tickets, so I'm not gonna promote your name and let people know that you're gonna be coming because it's not about promoting to sell tickets. And he said, no, right. go ahead and do it. I want people to know that I'm coming, you know, right. um, because it wasn't about trying to make money. 
Yeah, we want to make the money, but it was more than just that. It was about being personal with our, with our people. You know, it's interesting. One of the things that I've learned in Greensboro, and I love Greensboro. Greensboro is a very, very giving and philanthropic <clears throat> town. However, I've had certain individuals over my years who, and Bill had it too, but, you know, to your point, we're going to take the high road, who's like, well, I can support you if you do it this way. It's almost like the golden rule. Those would have who has the goal make the rules instead of uh, do unto others that you want them to do unto yourself. And right. you have to be careful that, well, Bill, if you don't do it this way, I'm not going to support you. Yep. Uh, Odell, if you don't do it this way, that $5,000, I promise you, I'm going to take it back. <laughs> or James, if you don't do it this way, you know, and, and the thing about it is what an insult for a leader to tell another leader, yes. you have to do it a certain way and if you don't do it this way then i'm not going to support you wow. and you want to say who do you think you are <laughs> you know who do you think you are what bill's going to shut down his whole thing because someone decide well i don't like the way you do it so we're not going to support you don't you know leaders lead yes leaders amen lead. leaders amen. lead so i'm gonna leave that right there so congratulations uh james on what you're doing i know how it is and the thing that really bothers me is that a lot of the people who come to you and tell you they're not going to support you are these same people who you have been supporting for years. But all of a sudden, you're doing something that somebody don't like. And it might be a board member. It might be somebody. You never know who throws the rock and hide their hand. But if oh, we're doing God. it for the community, yes. if we're doing it for the children, if we're doing it for the overall good, and let the professional uh, people who who make a living off of, well, let me just be quiet. <laughs> I just think it's one of those situations where we're doing the best we can, but the, when you still succeed, because I had events where I put together some folks and I had a panel together and one of the reputable foundations said, if you don't change that, I'm not going to give you the money. And I'm like, no, well, I'm not going to change it. <laughs> and you had a very successful event. And then when you see these people later on, they look at you like nothing ever happened. And I'm like, you tried to big time me. You tried to uh, roll me over and you tried to bury me, but you forgot I'm a seed. So when you buried me, all we did is came up stronger and you want to know how it happened why it happened. And I want to say to my leader friends, where's your integrity? Where's your integrity? Because a lot of times leaders don't always have integrity when someone's doing something to help in the community that they don't think they approve of. Well, no one's asking you to approve of. You don't have to like what we're doing. Just respect what we're doing. Amen. Amen to that. Yes. Okay. And let me give you a quick, a quick story. Uh, just the other day, there was a, a, a lady that, you know, and I'm not going to mention no names. And there's a lady in our community that, that, that um, supports a lot of things and, and, and she donates to a lot of different organizations. And, um, and um, <clears throat> I went to her and I told her about what was going on. And, and she's like, she looks at the flyer and she says, where's a woman at? I said, well, this is called Men's Making Positive Changes Award Ceremony. We're giving out awards to men in our community that are making positive change. She said, until you put a woman in there, uh, when you put a woman in there, they're not, they're not supported. And I'm like, but 
this is a men's award ceremony. And, and you know, because, in, and, I, and I have to say it this way, because I have to make her realize that in our community, again, in our brown and black, um, I'm sorry, brown and black community, they don't look at us men as positive role models. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm like, this is what we're doing it for. It, you know, they, they look at us like we're nothing, like we're like we're not good fathers and good men. And we are. So we our foundation want to recognize those men. And, and it, it just didn't click in her head. And I'm like, you know what? It's OK. Thank you. Thank you. And here we are. You know, we, we sold out. You know, uh, it's a blessing and and it's okay. You know, you you your belief is your belief. My belief is my belief. But you know, it, it, we're doing something positive, and we're going to continue mm. to succeed in this. Like you said, you know, we we are to see. You know, somebody said, "What do you bring to the table?" I said, "You know what? I am the table, or I'm mm. making my own table. So if you're willing to sit at my table when you're ready and to come together and do something, you know, the seats are here. When you, you're welcome to my table, but until then, you know, it's okay." Well said, well, James. You know, you made me think of something. And Odell, you made me think of something. Uh, you know, when you're you're on this this journey with your foundation or our nonprofit or whatever it is, and uh you, you know, you're wondering, is am I in the right path? Uh it, it, am I the one making trying to make my path? And what I found is that when you let God take over, hey, yes, uh, he opens the doors. Yes, you could never think about, and it, it starts falling into place. And when that happens, you can you can rest assured that you're on the right path that He wants you on. Um, yes. I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. One and one of the things I learned uh, years ago, I was part of a men's ministry uh, called Friends House, and it was we would take a fella out of urban ministry, homeless shelters that wanted to change their life. And we, right. we had a director and they would get involved and we'd help them if they have a job problem, a drug problem, an alcohol problem, a legal problem, you know, give them a place to sleep. But we had structure, a lot of structure. And uh, <clears throat> we did that for a while. And then I ran the golf tournament, and raised a significant amount of money for them in a the golf tournament. And they asked me to be on the board. So I got on the board and I noticed that the chairman uh, really was using this ministry for himself to feel good. And, uh, and after a while, uh, you know, we were, we were having a hard time finding a director, uh -huh. somebody. So we suggested a bunch of us suggested, why don't we merge with another ministry called Malachi has two, which had a director, had a similar program. We could merge. We had financial resources. They didn't, they had a great program and director just merge them. And, uh, we had our own house. Somebody had donated a mansion to keep people lived in. And he said, absolutely no way are we merging. And we kept wow. saying, man, it sounds like God wants us to merge. We don't have a director. Well, guess what happened next? The house that we were staying in burnt down. Wow. So now we don't have a house. We don't have a director. And he still wouldn't merge. And mm. you know what happened? The whole ministry disappeared. It doesn't exist today. Wow. Wow. So that's, when God, God mm. opens doors, you go through them. When God closes doors, you get the heck out. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my wife tells me. <laughs> That's what you said. No that's, that's a powerful yeah. statement. Let me ask you something as we get ready to close, James. Now, I know this Odell Cleveland guy. I think I know him pretty well. <laughs> um, now, can you tell the audience about Justice Henry Fry, Dr. Robert Howard, and Daryl Run DMC McDaniels? 
Wow, you got me in the spot there. You know, let, let me start. Let me start with 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 with, with uh, run um, DMC, and 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 he was, you know, he he is a pioneer. He's a legend in hip hop world, and, and like I tell him, you know, I remember the first time that I saw his poster, and and I didn't know who he was, and you know, I took the poster down and, and took it to my house and put it up on my wall, and when I heard they they first song Sucker MCs is, you know, that 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 question is. When did you fall in love with hip hop? That's when I fell in love with hip hop. And but it's more than just that. He does a lot for the community, especially for the youth. He he comes down, he goes to different schools and different organizations and to speak to the kids about bullying, you know, about his book, because he has a children's book. Um, and he's actually gonna be coming that he's coming the day before the award ceremony. On that on that morning, we're going to the public library, downtown public library in Greensboro. He's going to read to the kids. He's going to have, you know, questions and stuff. And then we're going to take him to the YMCA downtown. And he's going to speak to the older youths um, about life, about, you know, again, hip hop and about different things, not just music. And, um, but, you know, he does a lot of good things for the community. You know, Justice Fry, you know. Um, he's a legend. Yes, that's a legend. He's yes. a legend, and you know that that tells it in itself. You know, and the award that we're giving him um, is named after. Um, um, let me let, let me pull it up. Give me one second, okay? Okay. So, Bill, you know, it's one of those situations where you made such a good point to James of uh, the fact that sometimes if God opened the doors, the doors open, and if God closed the doors, the doors are closed. And that's the that's the main thing that I want the listening audience to understand, because a lot of people deal with so many issues and you have vision and God give you vision. But it's like, OK, who will help me with the vision? Who will help me implement? Because it's one thing getting from a vision to implementing it and getting from point A to point B. So, James, you were saying that. So, so um, Justice Fry will be getting the Walter T. Johnson Award, and and I, and, and I know you know Walter T. Johnson. He yeah. is the man pro tem's husband that passed away, and and is for the excellence um, in, in jurisdictional achievement. Um, you know this 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 name, this award. I have to honor um, Walter T. Johnson. Um, I sat with him one time and he changed my world, believe it or not. We had, we had, we had lunch and he uh -huh. said some things to me that really, really made me think about the foundation even more, you know? Wow. Um, and, and, and Robert Howard is in, in educational. He worked at A&T for a while, for, for a long time. And he was in the educational department. So, you know, someone that we know that's close to us, you know, nominated him. Um, so these are men in our community that touch a lot of lives, you know, that changed a lot of lives. And then they are still changing a lot of lives. Like you, you, you know, again, you know, you know, you, you know about you, you know, the things that you do and we appreciate the things that you do. You well, know, I, I hang know, out with, I hang out with Bill. So, you know, just <laughs> hanging out with Bill is you enough know, and okay, everything you know, you else. Know, I, I, can I turn the tables now, Bill? <laughs> sure can. Go get him. Go get him. Odell, you know, that you're getting this award. How do you feel that you was nominated to receive this award? You know, what, what, you know, tell me, tell me, tell me about, about how you feel about getting this award. You know, I was, I was surprised because I, 
I roll in a lot of different arenas. And a lot of times, uh, one of the criticisms of Odell is this. Uh, you look at Odell and his businesses and one of his main business, the podcast we're doing today, him and this white guy owns the company together. Or you look at, at Odell and Odell's doing the Swing State TV show. It's him and another white guy hosting the show. Or you look at Odell on uh, Cable 8 and he's doing a thing with um, caregiving. And it's a white female in Odell. So a lot of times people are like, Odell, why every time we look, you're dealing with white people and not black folk? And my answer is, I deal with people. I deal with people. I do a yeah. lot of work with black folks. I do a lot of work with white folks. I do a lot of business with people who want to do business. Because a lot of times, whether it's white or black, um, people, everyone's not business people. And what I do is deal with people who understand business, understand that is no free lunch. We have to pay our way. So when I got this award, I was honored because one of the things about you, James, I've been knowing you for years and you don't ask anybody for anything. And at the end of the day, Odell and Run DMC is probably not cut uh, buddies together. But at the same time, though, I can honor and respect any and everything people do. I choose to come to helping the community through a whole different, different perspective. And to your point earlier is some people that if you don't come to the Black community and help the Black community a certain way, then you're not Black enough. Or if you come the other way, I've been called, uh, I'm too radical. You know, so I yeah, just yeah. have made my mind up that, you know what, I don't care. If it's two things on the table, liking Odell or respecting Odell, I'm going to leave the like on the table. Just respect my work. Yes, amen. Respect my, and respect my swagger. And that's kind of what we're going to do because a lot of times people um, shoot at you for different reasons because they don't understand your thinking. And to your point, uh, when you, you know, exited with the foundation, people are like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, you're messing it up. And the thing too, let me say this. I remember speaking at a, an event, the um, NCCJ event, national, I mean, big event. And we went up there and we talked about years ago about the police coming to our house um, and harassing our sons. And it was the sheriff department, not the police. But we got so many criticisms about that whole thing. And some of the criticism, James, came from black folk, prominent yeah. black folks who like, Odell, why would you mess up everybody's dinner to talk about police brutality or law enforcement brutality at an event that's supposed to be focused on brutality and misdeeds and everything else? So again, a lot of people <laughs> don't like Odell, but as long as they respect Odell, then I'm good with that. So that's a long answer to a short question that I'm very proud that I was selected to receive this award, sir. And, and one more question. Why do you do what you do? Why is what? What's, give me your number one reason why you do it. Because I used to be poor, black, homeless as a child, I had a mother who did everything she could do, had a massive stroke at the age of 25, uh, divorced. My father didn't do what I think fathers should do. So I always said, God, if you bless me, when I become a man, I will take care of any kids that I have 
and I would take care of even other people's kids and help other families. So when I look at people, I see my mother, I see myself, I see the fact that we were poor, we didn't have a pot to piss in and the window to throw it out. So anything I could help, I try to help. However, my thought process when I was growing up, I hated all white people because in South Carolina in the 60s, a lot of the pain that we experienced with integration and everything else always came from white folks. So now, once I got old enough, because the scripture says, when I was a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish ways. Now, I open myself up to consider the possibility that every white person ain't bad and every black person ain't good. So now I look and I identify, much like what Martin Luther King Jr. said, judged by one, not the color of their skin, but the content of their character. And that's why one of my best friends, Bill Goble, is white. I think he got a little black in him, but, you know, he's still, he's white, you know. But it's one of those situations where that's why Odell is not running around here blaming the white man for everything or blaming the black man for everything. And people don't like it. A lot of people want it a certain way. Let's blame the white man for everything. Let's blame and a lot of white folks. Let's blame black people for everything. And I said, no, time out. We're not going to do that. You know, when we had the Black Lives Matter protests between after George Floyd in Greensboro. And we had peace, peaceful protests, but we had a certain segment of that peaceful protest that did some rioting and did some vandalism, and everything else mm -hmm. that next morning. Two individuals came over here to check on me, James. It was Bill Goble, white evangelical, and it was Rabbi Ben Gideon, uh, mm. the Jewish rabbi. They they went downtown to look at everything, and then they came over to Mount Zion Baptist Church, a black church, to check on their friend, a black Baptist pastor who's a Democrat, Odell Cleveland. So this is a white evangelical Republican and a Jewish rabbi coming to check on me. Now you tell me that it, 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 it's not black and white. It's not Republican, Democrat. It's not rich or poor. It's people and relationships we make with people. And that's yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well said. Well, James, we're getting to the point we're going to ask you the magic question. I know you've been thinking about it. Um, <laughs> and and how do you find common ground? Respect, like Odell said, respect and 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 respect me. Respect me and I respect you. It, you know, to me, it's not about religion. It's not about politics. It's about, like Odell says, it's about people. Being able to work with each other and, and you know, and, and, and not worry about who's going to get the shine. Because we all, we do something together, we're going to shine together. Let's do this together. And, and, and you know, communication. Being able to communicate with other people, that's where I find common ground, communication, respect, and love. Very good. You know, so many people believe in different different religions, but you know what? We all we all striving for the same thing, no matter if your God is Allah, if is you know, Jehovah, we all striving for the same thing, and people don't understand that. So those those, well, those things that we need to come together. Well, well, James, you're right. We fear what we don't know. So let me ask a question, and I'm gonna change. Since we're changing the tables on everybody, I'm gonna ask <laughs> Bill. Since James, you've done, I'm gonna ask Bill a question. This will be the last question. Bill, George Floyd, Black Lives Matter. You're white. You're Republican, but you came to check on me. 
in the middle of everything going on with that whole Black Lives Matter stuff, why did you come to check on me? Well, um, Joshua Ben Gideon, <laughs> Rabbi, and I were walking around downtown and we saw the violence that had committed it and the scars that were in our city. And I said, we need to go, we need to go see our brother Odell. I think we're hurting, our community's hurting, and I bet you Odell's hurting. There's nothing to be better than when you're hurting to be amongst friends and family. Amen. You don't Amen. see, you know, somebody told me a story last night about Shirley Trism, who ran for president, black lady out of Long Island. She, you know, she, her, her uh, one of her opponents was uh, on the other side was George Wallace. And when George Wallace got shot and paralyzed, he was in the hospital recovering. And she went down there to see him. Mm. And when she walked in, he said, what are you doing here? And he says, well, George, I think you're in a spot. And I want to sit with you for a while and pray and talk. Mm. And she stayed there so long that the nurses and doctors had to push her out. Mm. It changed George Wallace, he actually came back and went to the places and asked for repentance for the things he said and did. So how did so how does a, a white woman come up against a white supremacist and change his life? She sits down and talks to him. It's common ground. They found their common ground. With that, Bill, you have the last word. Thank you so much, guys. We love everybody. Thank you. James, we look forward to everything. But James, can you tell one last time how people can contact you or support your foundation? Well, you can go to rosa-foundation.com, R-O-S-A-foundation.com, and you can see all the things that we're doing and things that we have done, and you can also donate to our foundation as well. Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Darren Sutherland, executive producer. Jeremy Powell, creative director. Jacob Sutherland, director. All rights reserved. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulated and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years. Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 chief financial officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events. Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com.